you can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. If you come trick-or-treating at my house, you're going to get a full-size candy bar. It's official. I went to Costco, picked up the variety pack of the full-size candy bars, and Nora thought that I got the wrong variety pack. I thought I did a good job. I thought I got the one that the kids would like. I want to see if you agree with me getting the correct variety pack here, okay? In this box of 30 full-size candy bars, you got the Snickers, which might be up there as one of the top candies ever. I'm not a big chocolate candy bar person, but if I had to come up with a list, and maybe we will do the top three Halloween candies that you could get in your trick-or-treat bag, maybe we'll do that today um, for our top three. But Snickers... That's in there. You get a total of eight of them. Twix, which is another solid candy. You get seven of those. You get four Milky Ways, and I'm glad they did just four because Milky Way, trash. Might be the worst candy that you could get. If you show up to my door and actually choose the Milky Way, I'm going to judge you. I'm gonna be like, your parents probably want that one. Um... Six peanut M&M bags and five regular M&M bags. Now, remember, this is all full-size candy bars that you can get. There was a Hershey's um, full-size variety pack that you could get over at Costco. And I was just against it. I asked Nora, I was like, which, which one do you think I should get? She's like, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. She was like, I think you would be better off just getting getting the Hershey's ones because that's what, that's what I would like. I'll tell you what's in this one. And you tell me if you agree with this, okay? I actually had to look it up because for some reason, I think I told someone earlier and I told them the wrong candy. So here is the Hershey's variety full-size candy bars that you could get at a Costco. It's another 30-pack. And there's Kit Kats. Hershey's with almonds, Reese's, and just a regular plain old Jane old milk chocolate Hershey bar. That's probably the worst box that you could possibly assemble together. And now with a lot of kids having peanut allergies, 
Can't really hand out those uh, Hershey with almond bars in there. Maybe a regular milk chocolate Hershey is acceptable if you're going home right after you get done trick-or-treating to have a s'more. But other than that, the only two candies worthwhile if I were a kid in that box to grab is the Reese's or the Kit Kat. I don't understand how in that you put double Hershey's in there. Nobody likes regular Hershey's. I'm I'm happy with the pick that I went with. Yes, I know there's two different M&M's, but I feel like with the peanut M&M's and the regular M&M's, it's just enough of a difference to me. Hershey bars just kind of taste the same, no matter if they have nuts in them or not. It's not one that I'm ever going to grab. But if you put a Snickers in front of me, peanut M&M's, regular M&M's, and Twix, that's going to be what I gravitate to most. Because those are elite. Now, if they were to put together a box that had Reese's, Snickers, Twix, Kit Kats, and peanut M&M's, I would have bought that. If they would have had that together, I would have bought it. Because I think some of those are the best candies that you could possibly get. I'm not even a huge chocolate candy person. The other day, Nora went out with some girlfriends. I'm like, man, I just want to have a dude's night dinner. I don't know if you've ever had this. Or it could be a girl's night where you just want to eat whatever the hell you want because your partner is not at home. Nora went out with her girlfriends to a paint and pour. And she was like, you could have leftovers. There's a few leftovers in the refrigerator. There was some soup, um, some loaded potatoes that we made. I was like, I'm not feeling either of those. I said, I think I might go to the store and go buy some pizza rolls. I got pizza rolls, a bag of chips, and then I walked down the candy aisle. It's like, I really want... Some sort of candy. Walk past all the chocolates. None of that sounded good. And I walked up to like the gummy section. Not the CBD gummies. Just the regular. I was at Kroger, okay? Can't get that stuff at Kroger. At least not in Kentucky. And I see the gummy Jolly, Jolly Ranchers. If you haven't had the uh, the gummy Jolly Ranchers yet, get them. So freaking good. Now, if you get the sour version, chef's kiss. That might be the best sour candy that's out on the market right now. I had them in the cart, okay? I picked them up, put them in my cart, started to walk out the aisle, and I walked back. I did a backpedal in the middle of the aisle where other people were in, okay? They were in this aisle with me. I backpedaled and put them onto the shelf. It was heartbreaking. My heart was crushed. My two-minute drive home from my Kroger, that's all that I kept thinking about, were those damn gummy Jolly Rancher Sours. After I ate my pizza rolls and my potato chips, all I could think about was, man, you know what would have been a great dessert choice? Those sour Jolly Rancher gummies. It would have been fantastic, except I tried to 
be this this was my theory when I was in the store, okay? You know, you're not eating that good tonight. You shouldn't tack on to how bad you're eating with candy as a dessert. You know, it's like the instance that you have the angel on your shoulder and you have like the the devil on your shoulder and they're trying to tell you what to do. That's how it was for me the whole time in the store. And then when I got home, I was trying to convince myself not to go to the store. I didn't go back into the store. Didn't make a trip up there to go get them. And I wish I did. I might still go pick up a package of them sometime soon. The problem is I can't stop eating those things. So if I got a big share size of that, I'm eating that whole bag in one sitting. I have no self-control when it comes to that. If you have self-control when eating candy, I applaud you. If you're able to just have one piece, two, three, whatever, limit yourself to a small amount of pieces, congratulations. I need that willpower that you have. I just can't do it with those fucking things. They're so good. I remember I went into a gas station a couple of weekends ago, actually last weekend. And I was talking to this dude in there. I said, hey, I see that you guys have the uh, regular Jolly Rancher gummies here. Do you have the sour version? He goes, excuse me? They make a a sour version of those? I said, yeah. You haven't had them yet? He's like, we've never gotten them. I didn't know that there were a thing. He was like, we get pretty much every single candy here. I told him, I said, do yourself a favor. The next time you go into Walgreens, CVS, Kroger, walk into the candy aisle and find those some bitches, put them in your basket, go home, and just max out on them. He's like, they're that good? I said, yes. He's like, I'm, I'm going to have to find me those. And he was like, I'm going to have to tell my boss to order those too. It's like, yeah. I said, those things will be sold out in a hurry. He's like, I bet they're fire because he goes, those other ones are just fantastic. So I hope I turned him on to something. I'm hoping that I'm turning you on to those too because, like I said, I don't think there's a better sour candy out there right now. There's not. Matter of fact, I'm trying to think. Sour Patch Kids have not been good lately. I don't know what they've did with their recipe, but I feel like it's a little different. The Mike and Ike's sour version, whatever that they call it now, is not good. And I'm trying to think of any other sour stuff that I would get out there. Sour punch straws, eh. Just a little bit too much sugar on there for me. Other than that, nope. Just the Jolly Rancher gummy sours. Get them. You'll thank me. Now let's get into the top three candies that you could get in your trick-or-treat bag, okay? Let's start it off right meow. Coming in at number three is one that is in my box, and that is a Twix. I love Twix. I don't really eat them all that often, but when I do, they hit so hard. Putting them in the refrigerator, freezer, whatever you prefer, but just to bite into one of those cold with the with the caramel in there, it's so good. It doesn't matter if it's left or right Twix. It's still going to taste good. 
That's why it's number three on my Halloween candy choice list. At number two is a candy that's also in the box that I got is a Snickers for the same reason. Those candies, both better once they've been put in the refrigerator or freezer. Now, if you do put it in the freezer, you got to let it thaw just a tad. So that way you don't chip a tooth, okay? Number two on my Halloween candy list. And coming in at number one, I think every single kid wants this unless they have some sort of peanut allergy, but a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, the OG. I feel like when I was a kid, when you talk to everybody, they would be like, and if you went up to a house and they'd be like, oh, yeah, which one do you want? It'd be like, Reese's Peanut They'd be like, oh, we don't have any more. The kids in front of you just took the last bit of them. Motherfuckers, I'm going to go chase them down. But Reese's, they're so good. That's why they have to be number one on this list for Halloween candies. That's an easy list. That was probably the easiest top three list that I could come up with. Because if you don't like those, that's on you. There's no other candies that are out there on the market that are good. Like the smalls, the the small size, the fun size, that's what they call them. I'm trying to think of the ones that they had at Costco. Those variety packs were terrible. I did see like a um, Airhead combination one, which I was never a big fan of Airheads. Laffy Taffy's, though, that was a little different. I did like some Laffy Taffy's. Anyway, that was my top three Halloween candy list, all right? Um, there was, speaking of, like, just nostalgic getting things on trick-or-treating day, another thing for me that's nostalgic was watching Barney, okay? Well, I don't watch Barney now, but when I was a kid, I always watched it. It was always on in my house. My brothers still make fun of me for how much I watched Barney. I love the purple dinosaur. I love you. You love me. We're a big, happy family. How could you not love him? I'm trying to think of the green the green one. Baby Bop, I think was her name. Baby Bop or Bebop. Baby Bop or Bebop, one of the two. I guess I should probably look that up. Barney B. Bop. Let's see if that's it. I hope it is. I don't want to. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but who cares? I guess I already put it out there. Anyway, Barney was just good. Okay, back in the day, it was good to pop on PBS and just watch it. And I watched it all the time. I actually had some on VHS, and some of the original ones, which I didn't realize were the original ones, and I did not realize that they were original until I watched the I Love You, You Hate Me documentary, or technically docu-series, on Peacock. If you have Peacock, jump on there. If you grew up Barney watching up, you're going to find that Barney was really hated. For what reason? I don't know. But I found out why people really hated Barney. So the creator of Barney at the time was raising a little kid and she couldn't find any sort of show that would captivate her two-year-old son. And she was just thinking of something that could keep her son focused so that way she could get stuff done around the house. 
she started to brainstorm. And it took her a while to land on Barney. She had a husband that I think their family business was some sort of educational company. Like they did music for kids. They did books for kids and stuff like that. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was some sort of educationally focused thing. So her in-laws actually gave her money to kickstart Barney. And they spent a lot of resources on getting her the right people in place. People that wrote the show, people to come up with the actual character Barney, they went full out on it. So it took them a while to figure out what character Barney was going to be. They thought a bear at one time. There was a couple of other different possibilities. And then the creator of the show went to the zoo, I think, and went to some sort of dinosaur exhibit. It was a dinosaur exhibit. I don't know if it was at the mall or if it was at the zoo. But I remember being a kid, and you might remember this too, where there was a dinosaur exhibit inside of the mall. I remember seeing those. They were pretty freaking cool. So that's how the lady stumbled upon a dinosaur. Barney was going to be a dinosaur. And I love that because you think about it when you were a kid, you love that shit. You love dinosaurs. If you're a dude, you probably did. You're like, oh, that's so, so cool. Some animals that aren't around here anymore. I get to play with these dinosaur toys. That's, I mean, that's how my brain kind of worked as a kid. So, um, you know, this lady goes on to talk about how they filmed the first VHSs. I think it was a total of like eight VHSs that they put out. And uh, when they came up with a costume for Barney, the original costume was purple. And when they were shooting these, just because of the way and the low quality that it was being produced at, the first couple of Barney episodes on VHS looked like Barney was blue, like some sort of blue. And it wasn't until they got onto PBS that Barney started to look a little bit more purple. But once Barney got on PBS, that's when all the hate truly started for Barney. There was a lot of people that had to watch it because of their little siblings and how happy it was. That was so astonishing to find out. The reason people hated Barney was because he was always so happy. Think about living your life in a world where you can't have other things that are happy in your life. How miserable could that be? Now, granted, most of the people that were saying that were very old or they were college kids that just thought it was the dumbest thing ever. Of course, it is to you, college kids. That's what I, that's what I was saying to myself the whole time I was watching this thing. I was like, yeah, no, no, duh. This show wasn't fucking meant for you. You weren't supposed to be watching Barney when you were in college. But college campuses across the country were having Barney bashing days where they would buy Barney dolls. And this is the one thing that they didn't realize that they were doing. These college students were so dumb. They would have to go to the toy store and go buy these Barney dolls and then they would smash them in the student union. 
or they would go and get a a piñata and just beat the living piss out of this Barney piñata. It's like you're actually contributing money to Barney right now. But it went to like next level stuff. Besides the piñatas, besides beat, I mean, they were like playing whack-a-mole essentially with Barney dolls. And then there were some college campuses that also thought it was cool to light the Barney on fire. That brought a tear to my eye. Because I remember having Barney. I had that freaking purple dinosaur plush toy. Carried that around with me everywhere. I'm like, how can you have... How can you have the cojones to light Barney on fire? What did he do to you? It just brought me back to the days of bringing Barney everywhere with me because I thought he was the coolest person ever. I'm just lucky I didn't get Barney snatched from me and beaten to, to shreds. If that would have happened in front of me, if somebody would have taken my Barney out of my hands and just ripped it and have the stuffing come out of that, Oof. I don't think I would be the person that I am today. There would be a lot more trauma. I think I would have to go to therapy over that. I loved him. And I'm saying I loved him. I had the doll. I had bed sheets. I had underoos. That's right. Imagine me walking around in some Barney underwear. I would try and put him on and take a picture for you and put it on my social media, but... I don't think it would fit. And I don't think my mom still has those underwear of mine hanging out at home. And there's probably some doo-doo stains in there too. What? As a kid, I wasn't a good wiper. If you were an overachiever wiper at a young age, congratulations, okay? Not me. Streaks, all of them, for the longest time. Remember, I was really bad. Probably like middle of elementary school and that my mom had to start buying me color underwear because she was tired of the stains being left in the white ones. Woo, TMI, I know. I know it's TMI, but that's me. If you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, you know I like to overshare. Don't worry, I know you did it too. Everyone did. If you said no, you're lying. If you're saying no, you just don't remember. Go ask your parents. They had to go clean your nasty underwear with streaks in them. Surprised my mom didn't actually make me learn how to do laundry at a young age, just so that way she didn't have to worry about getting the streaks out anymore. Okay, that's odd. That's odd. Uh, But to go on about this I Love You, You Hate Me Barney documentary that's on Peacock, um, it was really sad to see how much trauma this actually put on the family because anyone that was really involved with Barney was getting a lot of hate mail, whether people on the cast, the creators, um, the actual person that was inside of the Barney suit, everyone was getting some sort of death threats. They were like 
very, very traumatized by the whole thing. And I just felt for them because they were putting on a kid's show. That's all that they were trying to do is entertain some kids. And there are some people just ripping them to sh- uh, shreds over this show. That doesn't seem right. Nowadays, I don't think you could really get away with that. Now, I, I see people online that bash celebrities all the time. But if you were to send a death threat to their house, I, I think that would be a little bit over the edge. I think. But it, it really showed those characters. And I shouldn't even say characters because they were very humanized at that point. And put through a lot. And you could see how much it affected them. Like you could tell something wasn't right. When they were talking about some of those instances where they would get death threats. Or uh, they would always see rumors about them dying. You know, or this, but like the person that was inside of the Barney suit. I won't forget this, but he said he got a phone call from his mother. Because his mom saw on the news or something hearsay that Barney hung himself. He's like, no, mom. And he was like, at that moment, things really changed. But the creator of the show, I think, really got the brunt of all of it because without her big brain, there would be no Barney. So people were just attacking her. Not only were they attacking her, they were attacking her son as well. Her son wasn't really ever the same after that whole thing. After, after I shouldn't say uh, the whole thing, because up until he got about eight years old or so, eight to ten years old, we're really not supposed to watch Barney anymore, and people were finding out that this kid's mom was the creator of something that they now hate, They were passing that along to him. And it put a lot of strain on the family. And they go over in detail everything that has happened. Now, I thought that something happened to the son and the mom, and that's why they weren't a highlight of this show. They weren't interviewed. But they just didn't want any part of this. The creator of the show actually did reach out to, when I say the creator of the show, the the creator of the documentary, I Love You, You Hate Me, he reached out to the creator of Barney and asked her to come on the show. Because, of course, if you're doing a Barney documentary, you need to have the creator there. She didn't want to be on camera, but she had no problems going to meet with him and just telling him a little bit of the background and everything uh, of how she came up with Barney. But the son was a little bit harder to get a hold of because he had been in prison for attempted murder, I believe. Him and his neighbor got into some big altercation, but they kind of painted that the son was never ever the same after the creation of the show because the mom was always on the road doing things, so mom was never at home. He was pretty much raised by his dad and the nanny that they had, but... 
the dad went through a lot of stuff. The husband of the creator of Barney went through a lot. He actually committed suicide, which is sad. And they talk about that in the documentary. It's a good one. It's two. It's a two-parter. So, like I said, it's technically a docu-series. And they're about an hour each episode. I felt like they just scratched the surface. I thought that they could really have dragged it out to maybe five episodes. When I say dragged it out, they could have made it half-hour episodes and really got into a little bit more detail. Because I really wanted to know more. Just because I loved it as a kid. And if you loved Barney as a kid, you probably watch this. You'll you'll go and watch this now and be like, man, I, I want a little bit more. Tell me more. How bad did it get? And you saw in that it got bad. But I think they could have really, really have said how bad it got. And they kind of just said the reason why everything was so bad and so much hatred just because of like the grunge period that Barney came out late uh, late 80s, early um, early 90s was kind of that grungy phase in America. So that's to blame for it. So speaking of all this throwback stuff, there was a big announcement last week for Blink-182. They're going back out on tour. So if you're a big fan of Blink-182... Go ahead and try and buy tickets for their freaking shows. I'll tell you, they're expensive. People on Twitter can't believe how much these seats are going for. They're like, man, they must really need the money if they're posting their tickets for this expensive. Like, I the last time I looked at tickets... Now, I'm not a huge Blink-182 fan. I wouldn't go to a Blink-182 concert, but I was just curious how much a seat would cost. Tickets in the upper level at Bridgestone Arena down in, in Nashville were like $182. I don't know if that's because it was Blink-182, but floor seats, like basic floor seats, not even close by the stage, were 500 to 600 an astronomical amount of money if you're really close to the stage. For Blink-182, I didn't realize there was that many Blink-182 fans out there. The biggest song that I remember uh, from Blink-182 was it uh, Blink-182, what's, um, what's my name again? What's my name again? Yeah, that one. That one is the one that I remember the most. And I'll remember the day that my brother got the album for uh, for Blink-182 from a, from a girl that he was dating. My parents were super upset that he had this album. Um, hold on. Let's go to this full-on album. Let's see all the songs that were on it. Let's see. How come uh, I can't see what songs? Was it only... uh, Usually, you can find what songs are on here. Here we go. What's My Age Again was track number five. Adam's Song was seven. 
Those are uh, and all the small things on that album. That was another big one that they had. Those are the ones that I really remember. Other than that, I can't think of off the top of my dome without looking up any more Blink-182 songs. I can't think of another one out there. But when you think of the age group that has disposable income right now, is definitely people that grew up listening to Blink-182. They're like, you know what? Hell, we'll just charge a whole bunch of money for these tickets because they can shell out the money for it. And even people from Blink-182 were starting to be like, oh, listen, you know, we're, we're trying to make sure that you have the opportunity to get these tickets. And, um, you know, the reason why they're a little bit more expensive is that way. Um, so there's not uh, scalpers buying these all up. We figured if we had a high price point that scalpers wouldn't be able to purchase them all. I don't know if that's the right philosophy. Just come out and say, we could charge this amount of money. You're paying for it. Uh, arenas have already sold out. So they're doing just fine. I couldn't believe it when I saw that headline. I'm like, man, they need the money. They need the money. And there's nothing wrong with that. You see that with old rock groups still out there touring. See Motley Crue. They're on the road still. Joan Jets, she's still out there. Um, uh, well, he's not rock, but Elton John, he's just wrapping up his final Billy Joel's still out there. I mean, I'm not saying that these people don't deserve to still be out touring, but at some point I'd be like, man, I, I, I had enough. I don't need to be out on the road anymore. I did it once before. Why do I want to put my, myself through that again? Guess if you're in desperate need of money, sure. If you didn't know how to budget and put enough money to live off of those tours that you did before. Yeah. And you got to put yourself in a little predicament, don't you got to hit the road once again, but that wasn't even the biggest announcement about blink 182 going out on tour. There was another big thing that was announced. When I say this is one that I would rather go to, Next in October, should book some tickets to go out to Vegas. Get your flights, get a hotel for the When We Were Young event. It's a huge one-day event in Las Vegas, October the 21st, next year, okay? Green Day, Blink-182, The Offspring, Good Charlotte. Um, I would go to this. By the way, all-time low, Bowling for Soup, Simple Plan, Sum 41. I mean, some really big bands are going to be here. One day. One day event. I was so surprised when I saw that it was one day. I'm like, oh, Green Day could have their own night. Blink-182 could have their own night. You know, these are all big-time bands. I haven't looked to see how much tickets for that go uh, that uh, that um, those are going for, but I'm sure those are going to be pretty expensive too. One night, all those bands, going to be a lot of hungover people in Vegas the next day. Not saying that there's never, uh, you know, there's always hungover people in Las Vegas, but 
you throw some people out of their drinking prime into a week, uh, into one day with all those bands, they're going to go hard. And, uh, you know, they might not be spending a lot of money the next day on booze and alcohol because they're going to, they're not going to be able to make it through another day of drinking. That's a good lineup. I like it. I would, I would, I would definitely go to Vegas for that. And I'm not a huge Vegas person just because I'm not a big drinker. Like I love to go and gamble and I would have a drink here or there just because you could drink for free when you're gambling in Vegas. I, I, I have a drink here and there, but just go hard out to a club. Never really appealed to me. I know some people that love it. I want to go for the first weekend of March Madness one time. I do want to go out to Vegas for that. Sit at a sports book, eat all day, bet on games. That seems like a lot of fun. I definitely do that. But other than that, I can't really think of a what else I would do in Vegas. And that's that's a problem about going to Vegas is I would spend so much money gambling. That's why I can't go. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Luke Kelly Show. I'm sorry I didn't realize how long I was talking for. But uh, watch yourself, the I Love You, You Hate Me, Barney Doc. On Peacock, if you haven't watched that yet, it's good. Um, Nora will be by on Wednesday for a smut tale. She said she had to finish one book so that way she could start up a, a smutty book so that way she could give you a smut tale on Wednesday. So thank you so much for showing up today and giving this a listen. I'll talk to you on Wednesday here on The Luke Kelly Show. Meet the one for all card. Perfect for Aunt Edith, your dog walker, and even what's-his-name. With over 100 great brands and no fees, it's the one gift for all. Available in stores and at giftcards.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.